This is Called by God, stories of ordained women in the Anglican Diocese of Grafton. I'm Reverend Cathy Ridd, and welcome. Today I'm in conversation with the Reverend Sister Linda Mary, CSC. Sister Linda Mary and the Reverend Jan McLeod were the first two women to be ordained as priests in the Diocese of Grafton. In this conversation, you will hear Sister Linda Mary speak about the community. The community she refers to is the religious community to which she belongs, the community of the Sisters of the Church. Sister Linda Mary, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I'd like to begin by asking you to tell me a little about how you began to hear and respond to God's call I received a call to religious life, um, God actually speaking to me um, in at the end of 1967. And at that time, I did not know there were any religious in the Anglican Church. Uh, and uh, But I said yes, <laughs> thinking, well, how is this going to be? Um, I did find it when I sort of uh, thought about it, I found it very difficult to, to sort of come to grips with. And in the end, I realised I had to let myself be tested in this call to religious life because I'd found out about religious communities and I'd been to visit one and, you know, done all those sort of things. Um, and they were happy for me to join, uh, to, you know, test. You always test your vocation as a postulant first and then as a novice and uh, and then again as a junior sister because we don't make life profession until after being a junior for six to, three to six years. So that was that. But God intervened in the middle of all of that um, because um, I left school, I went to college, I was out teaching, and one morning uh, I was coming back from uh, the morning Eucharist on Wednesday to, on my way to school and I was singing away and I know now I used to sing flat. <laughs> that was a very interesting thing. Um, uh, I, I've learnt not to. but <laughs> and, um, and I was just driving along and uh, I experienced God again sort of speaking to me I want you to be a priest. Now, at that point in 1971, as you will know, um, well, there was there was a little movement going on in overseas, but there was nothing in Australia in the Anglican Church. There was possibly more sense of energy, and um, that it, yes, it would happen, in spite of the situation. Uh, than there was when I received the call to religious life. I just say that not because I, I think I'm not supposed to be in the community, but because that's how it was. Um, so I um, joined the community, wanting to have nothing to do with the rest of the world forever and ever, amen, found myself thrown into a very vital and very demanding life and because I was a trained teacher, I found myself being sent out to do things, you know, like quiet days and at that stage and 
and I told my novice mistress, as she was called in those days, I haven't been trained for this. And she just looked at me and walked away. <laughs> in the end, I realised that God had called me to religious life and that God would be a faithful God to the call that God had given to me. And so I made my life profession in uh, 1981, which is a life profession, you know, your commitment, poverty, chastity and obedience. Um, I would prefer poverty, celibacy and obedience. It, we're all called to be chaste. Uh, but now the, the official vows are for us are still poverty, chastity and obedience. The journey had its ups and downs and everything like that. But every so often, before and after life profession, the, the call to priesthood would just surface its little head. I, I did talk about it uh, with a couple of people who wouldn't really respond to it um, because at that stage it was still not possible. <laughs> And also I realised that there was a, a sort of a conflict situation for me because if I did go ahead for priesthood, then what about the religious life commitment? And, you know, you're in a community, you're under obedience and, and all of that sort of thing. So uh, so there were, was that. And But I came to a point where I realised, um, well, God realised for me in me, um, that God would provide whatever, you know, if, if the community couldn't accept it and I, I had to, to leave, then God would provide the way. So there was that sense. And so there was a, an awareness of that. Um, by that time, um, the, we had a sister in Canada priesthood because they went fairly early on. Australia, I think, was waiting to find out how it would be. And there was a sense that if I was going to be priesthood, um, I needed to work in a parish as a parish minister, and that was not the call that I experienced. And now I, it wasn't defined as that when it happened in 1971. But by that time, uh, I realised that the call was a call to be within the community. And the call was sort of, in a sense, ratified, if you can say that, it mightn't be the right word, because when I came back from England uh, in 85, I'd been over there for a couple of years in the community. I um, arrived back and we received the ad clearum, as it was called in those days. And I said to the sister who was in charge in, in the house in, sit here in Kimsey, I said, why aren't they looking at uh, religious life in, you know, ordinary, you know, vocation? And uh, so I rang up Jan McLeod. <laughs> And there was a Seekers Day coming up. That was how I knew about their advertising. And I said to Jane, you know, I didn't know Jane. I just rang her up because she was the person to contact. And uh, I, by asking that question, I raised the awareness in the diocese that vocation was not ordination necessarily for everyone. 
and I joined the selection team. And so was putting through people through their paces. <laughs> and then I realised I needed to put myself through my paces. <laughs> it was really hilarious when I went through the selection conference because it was my teammates, we, our team, you know, <laughs> who were doing the interviewing. And they said, I don't know what to ask you or what to talk about. It was really, you know, it really was kind of a laugh. But anyway, I think it was partly using being in the selection team and being able to see a lot of people who came wanting ordination but ended up remaining unordained with a very valuable ministry because they they were able to take hold of what God was actually saying to them. And in the same way, I was able to take what God was saying to me. You've done this Seekers Day with us. That must have been very strange to have your colleagues <laughs> testing the vocation. But anyway, so at that point, what was happening with the ordination of women? Was it was it on the cards yet or still not? Um well, it wasn't. When I was deaconed in 90, I knew I would be a deacon for some time because at that stage there was murmurings, there were things going on, it was getting knocked back. But I, I didn't really concern myself with that because I said it, it'll happen at the right time if there is a right time. But then the, the result came through in 92, 1992, as, as you know, and Bruce Schultz rang me after it came through, you know, September, October, whatever it was in the end of the year. And he wanted, he said to me, um, Linda, do you want me to call um, a special synod to have you priest at, at the end of the year? And I said to him, no, I don't want you to have a special synod because I was very aware of the climate in the, in the diocese. And I said, just put it through the next normal synod, which is what he did. So that's why Jan and I weren't priested until um, 93. Tell me about the, the day of your ordination as a priest. Well, I have very little memory of it at all. I, I guess there must have been a sense of uh, achievement in it, if I put it that way. Uh, I was very pleased because most of my family came and, of course, there was the gathered diocesan community that were around on the day. I think I was aware that Bruce Schultz would really, he, he, he was very happy for it to be, but he also knew that there was the conflict. I think for me, celebrating the Eucharist the next morning in the parish church was something that I found myself feeling deeply moved. I, I I think I can say that. It's the only way I can approach it. And also another aspect to it was that we had two people in the parish who were deadly against uh, uh, women priests, and they received communion that morning. They knew me. I'd been around. I was doing parish work. And I was fully involved in the parish. That they weren't happy with uh, this, but something happened on the day. That's astonishing. Yes. 
Turning to to the church today, um, what do you see as the biggest challenges faced by ordained women in the Anglican Church of Australia now? I don't see it just as something in the church or something as a priest. It's women being accepted. We have different qualities. We have different attributes to bring to the to to the ministry. And sometimes it's not accepted or not um, welcome. Uh, and I, I guess in a sense there's that sense of equality that, that not just women priests, I think it's other women as well. So it's, it's like a social thing. It's, it's like a, a, a more general. But I think... Um, because women are different to men, um, it really is a challenge. What gives you joy in your ministry so far? Well, the, I think I mentioned earlier that I had a sense that, that the call was for the community or within the community. That has been probably the biggest area of joy, if you put it that way. Um, I was uh, elected provincial in 1999, and that's the leader in Australia. So I had a pastoral oversight for all the sisters in Australia at that time. Uh, and so to be able to preside for the home group, so to speak, or the associates of the community, people who are connected to the community, um, it was it was a very helpful or a very um, fulfilling aspect where you know you didn't have to call in a priest who was a man. That became very significant for me when I became Mother Superior in two thousand and nine, and I was the leader for the world. Uh, Canada, Australia, Solomons, and England. By that time, I was able to preside in all of those countries uh, in the community. In the Solomons, I was able to preside for the sisters, and they still don't have their own women priests, but one of our sisters who was in England, who got priested in England, is allowed to preside, but I was given permission by the Archbishop of Melanesia to preside for the sisters and to preach in the cathedral and things like that. And it was because I was a priest. Fills up. I, I remember um, one, the, one of the early times when I went to the Solomons, um, I was there for the whole of Lent. I wrote on Tuesday and I left on Easter Tuesday. And we, you know, we journeyed together day by day by day by day by day. And it, it was a, just a wonderful experience. It was the best Lent I've ever had <laughs> because it was, you know, and there was a group was small enough and, we, we, and during that time I gave them retreats and, uh, you know, one-to-one retreats and that kind of thing to, support them in their spiritual journey but it was just a wonderful experience so I really cherish that response that the 
responsibility and the privilege that the Archbishop at the time gave to me. I had, this is another experience I had the other day. I was in Adelaide because we've got a school in Adelaide, St Peter's Girls. Um, we had a school and uh, I was present at their St Peter's Day Eucharist. And I wasn't presiding and I wasn't preaching, that was fine. But I was asked to distribute communion. And there were four of us distributing communion. So I had about a, a, a 250 people, <laughs> students, girls, as well as old associates and old girls of the school. And not all of them came up for communion, but all of them came for a blessing. They came, and I'm fairly tall, and they came and they looked and looked in my eyes as I blessed them or gave them communion, and I just felt so touched. And that's the joy. That's the place of real. These little these little girls, they they've learned to come for blessings um, if they're not confirmed, um, but they eye contact, and it was as though in that moment there was this God was there going between us. Sister Linda Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and to share part of your journey with us. Next time, I'll be in conversation with Brenda Yeager. I hope you can join me then. Called by God is produced in the Diocese of Grafton as part of the celebration to mark the 30th anniversary of the ordination of women in the diocese. Right, 2023.